0: Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast Season 7. It's Friday, January 12th, 2024. What's happening? What's going on? How are you? My name is Quinn and this is my show. We are one of the top 500 podcasts on the north side of Chicago. Hello to all the beanheads out there. Hashtag friends of the podcast. Hello to our friends in Uh, Pakistan, thank you for making us the 112th ranked comedy podcast in the great Islamic Republic of Pakistan. Hyderabad, Khyber Pass, Karachi, Dushanbe was a a clue on Jeopardy yesterday, so thank you all for listening. Uh, Beantown Podcast launched, let's see, January 13th, 2018, so we are officially uh, a day shy of six years from the actual launch date of Queen David Furnace Presents the Beantown Podcast, and a lot has, a lot has changed since then. I think, you know, there's always going to be a lot changing in six years, regardless, irregardless, one of our horse names. But, man, six years ago, sitting there in my apartment in Baltimore, it, just my tiny little studio, I think it was like 400 square feet or something like that, my carpeted flooring, and just a place where I've had more or less nothing. We, I had a, the flower chair was my couch. Didn't even have a couch, just a, an unarmed chair that was devastating to my lower back. There, I still think of this from time to time because I don't experience too many back issues just across the board lately in my life. Although I, I've, I had one winter, I think it was two winters ago now, where I slipped a disc like twice in the span of a month maybe. Uh, that was pretty painful but i recall you know the flower chair is my main chair in baltimore i just said it is a studio apartment so i had my bed and then a flower chair and then like another chair next to the flower chair that you could sit down on but it was never in use because there was more than one person in my apartment at like like three nights for two, the entirety of the 2 years i lived there anyways so you just got this chair Terribly old, uh, from my parents' house. I don't even know where it was acquired originally, but kind of, they were kind enough to, to let me have it uh starting in my sec- sophomore year of college when they moved to Oregon I, I took it over. But this thing, because it was my primary sitter, if you will. I almost uh, added an H to that word, which reminds me, listener discretion is advised, as always, uh, we're like 312 episodes in, something like that. When you're listening to the Bean Tub podcast, we'll occasionally use some language, and this podcast is objectively terrible. It was my primary sitter, not my primary shitter, but over time, it must have just been like a combination of bad lumbar support and then terrible posture, sitting in that thing, reading applications all day. And... There there was a moment, I, I, it must have been, it was in the summer, I think, oddly enough. I think of it as like a winter activity, but summer of 2018, I guess, where I was in so much pain that I could like barely, I remember playing trivia at Mother's in Federal Hill, which was my go-to trivia spot. I remember one night playing trivia, I'd walked down there, you know, two and a half miles or whatever. There was a night where it's like, get up from your table, it's was playing by myself, to go bring the answer, scrap of paper to the uh, quiz master, Ian. And it was, like, so hard for me to literally just stand up from the table and walk. Um, and it's just so bizarre thinking about 23-year-old Quinn who was, like, nearly immobilized because of back issues. What ended up helping eventually, I, I did a lot more um, hip stretching. I did the cool, like, uh, what do they call it? Like, the scorpion stretch where you lie on your back and you, like, take your thigh and you, like, drape it over your other leg. That was a good one. The... uh I don't know what it's called. It's like the, uh, the 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 cat stretch where you like lie d- lie face down on the floor and you like push your arch your back inversely with your with your arms like pushing down on the floor. That's a good one. And then kind of the inverse of that where you like move your lower back way up into the air, stick your booty out, and you try to like put get your like elbow down on the floor. Those were the exercises that helped me out with that. All this is to say, we've come a long way here in six years now on season seven of Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town podcast. This is going to be our tribute to MLK here. It's a, uh, I, I didn't concoct anything crazy. I literally pulled up the history.com article, uh, 10 things you may not know about MLK junior. So we're going to go through that. I did a super quick perusal, um, just to make sure it was all legit, and uh, yeah, I, I learned a couple of things, and so we're going to be going through that. We've got a, a trivia question of the day that is not about MLK Day. A lot of, you know, I, I could have made a trivia question out of a number of these MLK things, but uh, I figure, you know what, let's let's take a little bit of a left turn, and let's, uh, you know, learn about something else that happened this day in history. So we got a trivia question coming up, and then we, of course, have our uh, This Week on the Campaign Trail, which, uh, speaking of which, Okay, let's let's jump into this week on the campaign trail. Um, I'll also mention that we're drinking a, a, a delicious mocktail here. Very similar to what we've had in the past week. But we got our sparkling water, our ice cubes, lemon juice, lime juice, pickle juice. And to spruce it up this week, we used a lemon in a recipe last week. I don't even remember what the recipe was. But we used half of the lemon. So I had two big wedges left. It just... I just dunked the whole wedge right in there and I don't think it's I, I really should you know when I I always get two glasses worth out of uh out of the soda stream I really should consider uh, in my mind it was like if you submerge the lemon in there the all those juices and stuff are gonna uh reverse osmosis themselves into the drink but I think it's really just like a big Sitting floating chunk of lemon, and it's not actually impacting the drink that much. Which reminds me, I spent like five minutes last night learning something new. I'm trying to do that uh, here in the year 2024, and I'm not just talking about getting on Duolingo. I've got a nine day streak going. I feel pretty good about that. But I I was thinking about uh, pickles, dill pickles specifically, and I was like, you know how I I understand what you're supposed to do, right? Cucumbers in a brine of some sort jar it up, cover it up, whatever, and that's that pickles, right? It's a very, like, basic thing. I recall getting uh, my brother, uh, friend of the podcast, brother of the podcast, Jack, um, a pickling book for his birthday maybe in uh, 2022 perhaps, but I never got to read it myself. It was shipped right to him. So I spent like five minutes watching. Actually, I just YouTubed how to make pickles. And I think the second hit was uh, an Alton Brown thing, like young Alton Brown, maybe 15 years ago at this point. And he had such a, con- a convoluted, has a negative connotation, I think, but a, a complex system where it's basically like you got these mini cukes. And the what I learned that was interesting is the brine, when you make it, It was it was just like Water and pickle salt, I think it was called, but I thought it was like vinegar or something. But what was interesting about it was your water has to be filtered because if you don't filter it out, it leaves chlorine in there, uh, which is what we're drinking right now unfiltered water, bringing all that chlorine, disinfecting my intestines, baby. But you don't want it to disinfect your brine because then it can't properly ferment. So, but he had this really crazy process of like sticking the pickles in there and then filling up a bag with more filtered water in, like, a plastic bag and, like, sticky on on top, and then it has to be, be between, like, 68 and 70 degrees, and, of course, he was doing it in his, his uh, wine cellar, and that's where he really lost me. He was like, oh, I can't make pickles if I don't have a wine cellar, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. The, the tough thing about that is, like, unless you have a mass production kind of thing going, it's just a lot of work for, like, five or six pickles, which would surely, you know, be delicious once you master it, but, you know, we're talking, like, Days a week, week and a half, something like that to just like get this tiny little jar of pickles. And I don't know one of those things where I definitely want to try it out just for, just for the fun of it. Not so like, Oh, I can make my own pickles and save all this money at the grocery store. You're not going to save any money, but I think of the, the cost, the shipping cost of pickle salt alone. But you know, it's one of those things where it's like when I have more space, when I have more room, I'd like to try it out. Same with, you know, like making your own whiskey or something. I don't really know how that stuff works, but it's definitely something I want to try just because I think it's interesting and fun. One of my, one of the toughest things about living in a, our apartment is not small by any means, but you don't know, have a lot of room for like hobbies. Um, Cause you gotta, you gotta pick and choose your hobbies, right? I got, I got piano taking up a decent amount of space and I got uh, uh, my PlayStation, Uh, Courtesy of future father in law Jose Ramos, in the other uh, a corner of the living room, there's I got a new plant last week, that was pretty cool. I bought it online. Um, I was like, you know, I'm spending so much time working from home now in this new job. Uh, We uh, have a couple plants. One I bought from Osco, which was like fine. Uh, That one's new. It replaced one that we had from a friend that fell on the floor and was unsalvageable. That would be a good Jeopardy like. Eight-syllable word category, unsalvageable. Tough to say. Um, speaking of syllables, a, a quick side thought I had when I was running the other day is Ricky, does Ricky, okay, so you know the, the comedian who created The Office, right? Uh, I think we all know him. I was it came up because Golden Globes were last Sunday, I think, and Joe Coy, and um, everyone was talking about how terrible he was, which he was pretty bad, and it was like, bring Ricky back, whatever, it does, does Ricky's last name have two syllables or three syllables this is something I was thinking about where I was like I always said it like three syllables Ricky Gervais, Gervais. but the more I hear people say his last name I'm like is it actually just two syllables like the AI is just a, there's no pivot there it's just AI is one one thing Ricky, G, Ricky Gervais either way it's, it's subtle but that's a thought I had email us Beantown Podcast at yahoo.com. That's Beantown, B-E-A, podcast at yahoo.com. Let us know how many syllables do you put in Ricky Gervais. Uh, what I bought was a red anthurium. It's kind of cool. It's it's like, it's not small. It's probably, I don't know, a foot and a half from the like pot up into the air. It doesn't seem like it's that hard to take care of so far, although it's been like a week, so we'll see. The toughest thing this time of year is getting good direct sunlight in uh, Chicago because uh, two uh, two things. One, the way our apartment is positioned, our windows face north and south. So right now it sits by the north one. It gets a little bit of morning light, and the rest of the time it's, like, not direct sunlight. I really should move it to the south one, but our other plants are there. Um, and so you just got to pick and choose your battles. But it'll be better in summer. But, uh, yeah, so we got this. Uh, well, the other, other – thing I, I said two things one bad sunlight or oh two it's just winter in Chicago I mean you legit get about I don't know where are we at right now probably like eight and a half hours of sunlight every day something like that so it's just kind of tough uh but yeah we got uh we got that one from online we got one, a plant from Julasco and then just like a nice little uh cacti kind of guy cactus looking guy from a local plant store here uh, like Southport and Roscoe something like that if you haven't heard, uh, there's a, a media sensation sweeping the nation right now. It's Chicago's rat hole. Speaking of Roscoe, um, it's right by us. It's in like the 1900 block of Roscoe, which is maybe a, I don't know, three quarters of a mile walk. Pretty much a full mile walk from where we are right now. But pretty fun, pretty cool. Uh, it's If you're wondering what is a rat hole, it's literally like a pothole, essentially, but smaller, but in the shape of a rat. I don't remember, I haven't read the story. I don't know exactly how that works like geologically, but uh, it's kind of cool. It's it's like some, literally something out of like a Roadrunner cartoon or something where there's the outline of an animal in the ground in a hole. It's kind of cool. But yeah, I literally, if I run my normal route to the river, I run uh, west along uh, Roscoe. And if I wanted to do that tomorrow, for instance, I don't know what my plan is yet. But I could uh, go into the middle of the street and take a selfie with the rat video. Get real, real low to the ground. Um, Today on the campaign trail, or this week on the campaign trail, uh, I had to Google it because I know that you know there's another debate between Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. This past, I guess it was last night or the night before. I can't recall but I googled, you know, Nikki Haley, what's what's the latest with Nikki? Cuz I was coming up soon here. I don't even know when it is, but it's got to be very soon. Apparently, and this jogged my memory big time. Rand Paul came out with a video and launched a website on Friday. He did all this uh, just for this declaring that he's never Nikki. So, he per Fox News, he has like a whole movement going, a whole website just about being Never Nikki. Never Nikki which outlines his criticisms of the former South Carolina governor and UN ambassador. The website features a red line through the name Nikki and says it's paid for by Rand Paul for a U.S. Senate. So let's check it out. Never Nikki. You don't see a lot of nets these days. I don't even think I could get a beantop podcast.net if I wanted to. I think those are reserved from some other people for some other people. Alright, here's the video. Good morning everyone. As I told you yesterday, I'm ready to say something about the presidential race. I've had a long res- relationship with Donald Trump, and there's a lot to like there. Okay, this goes on for 100 seconds, but the craziest thing about this, and uh, I'm not advocating for going to nevernicky.net Like, it doesn't need any more SEO or anything like that. Um, but the crazy thing about this, uh, so just this website in general, it's just like the background is a black-and-white image of Nikki Haley, and then there's this video, which is from Twitter but just embedded into this site. Then below that a message from Rand Paul which is like two sentences. Then a red button that I'm going to click on this is why never Nikki. And this is just like his uh, essay basically but it's not very long. Uh it's probably I don't know what is this 200 words something like that. And then below uh, back to the home page there's nothing clickable on that uh why never Nikki it's literally just a page with text. Then below that is just a petition you put in your zip code, your phone, your email, your name. It says add your name. That's the entire website. Like, what's the point of the petition? Why do you need to sign a petition saying that someone who's, like, in a distant third place in a Republican primary has zero chance of winning anything should, like, not be president? That would be like petitioning, someone starting a petition online to say Tom Podcast should not be nominated for a Grammy. It's like, yeah, no shit. Didn't, I don't think we really need a, a petition for that, do we? Uh, but this video is, I mean, I don't know what I'm expecting from Rand Paul. But it's literally him standing outside, low audio quality, like the wind is blowing. You're picking up all that feedback. He's like standing next to a, a large oak tree with like buildings in the background. I, I don't know if it's Washington, D.C. or it looks more like Arlington than Washington, D.C. But he's in like a a park in the winter wearing sunglasses. His tie is askew. And that's the main centerpiece of this why uh, or never net. She should be disqualified per uh, Rand Paul. Anyways, my last thought on this is that this is a larger thing we could do an entire show on. And maybe we'll, I don't know. I don't, I'm not informed enough to really be able to. But I've never been informed on this show and that hasn't stopped me before. before. This year's crop, to use the, the great term from... Uh, little buff boy Sam Richardson. I uh, got to check it out if you don't know it. What a crop. That's a big crop. This year's crop of Republican nominees is so so terrible. I don't know. Okay, so maybe it's just the thing where it's like your fa you know, they say your favorite season or cast of SNL was was the cast when you were 13. So if you use that logic for me when I was 13, that was 2008. Let's do a quick Google search. I mean I could come up with some good names off the top of my head but you know this was 2008 was Obama versus um McCain right after two two uh, elections of Bush What I'm getting at here is the 2008 Republican Party those guys were like this this is this is hardcore you got to get plugged into this these debates are great great fodder the personalities are legendary. I mean, I haven't even pulled up the site yet, but you off the top of my head, you got, of course, McCain, you got Romney, you got Fred Thompson, rest in peace. Well, rest in peace to McCain too. But even other guys like, uh, um, Herman Cain, he wasn't, you know, a 2008 guy. I think he was at, he came after that, but, um, you know, these, this era of guys, uh Mike Huckleby, right? Ron okay, uh, I forgot to mention this, but Rand Paul came wasn't part of 2008. He came around in like 2012, 2016, probably. But his dad, Ron Paul, from Texas, he was around during this stuff. Um here's the full list of people. Uh we mentioned Huckabee from Arkansas, Romney from Massachusetts, Ron Paul from Texas, Fred Thompson, there he is from Tennessee, Alan Keyes. I don't even remember who that was, but he's from Maryland. Duncan Hunter I don't know who that is. Oh, and then of course, how could we forget Rudy Giuliani? Rudy. Other guys whose names we might remember. I don't I don't know. Tommy Thompson. I don't know anything about Tommy Thompson. But it's just like, man, this was uh of course, aqua- I mean, you jump ahead 4 years, you get like Paul Ryan in there and it's just man, different time. This year we got the the most bizarre slash bogus thing too is like it doesn't matter. When, when have you ever had in history where it's like you got these primaries, these debates, and everyone's voting? It's like it doesn't actually matter because the person who's going to win hasn't been like part of any of the action. He's just like doing his own thing off to the side, and everyone's treating it like or covering it like, oh, this is the you know Nikki Haley versus Ron DeSantis live on CNN. This is the main card. No, that's literally the appetizer because Trump's just going to win again. But, yeah, it's like you got uh, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, boring, boring, boring. You got uh, Vivek Ramaswamy or whatever his name is is in, like, fifth place. Not interesting. Tim Scott, I think, finally dropped out, the the guy from uh, Florida. Uh, Man, I'd even take, like, a Jeb Bush at this point, frankly. Just something to liven it up. I don't know, man. So that's this week uh, on the campaign trail i would say things are heating up but it's like okay iowa caucus happens and trump wins by 40 points and then what new hampshire i don't know just kind of not interesting uh let's do a quick shout out to our sponsors no palindrome of the day today but we will shout out our sponsors and this is an interesting one and uh, i don't have an answer to this right now com. when's the last time you guys visited it Uh, hopefully every week because we talk about it every week. For me, the last time I visited it was yesterday. I went to homeprideorgan.com and the domain name was not renewed. So, Dad, I don't know what's going on over there in Oregon, but that is not good for business. Uh, If you want to come on the show, clear things up, or send me a message, BeantownPodcast.yahoo.com, that would be great. I do not know what is up with that. The Facebook page is still active, but uh, HomePriotOrgan.com, Dot com is not. I haven't tried homepirateorgan at gmail.com. That's the email address, but I'm uh, slightly concerned. Regardless of all of this, guys, when you need your home inspector in Central Oregon, don't I was going to say the F word, don't F around with this. Uh, Why not? It's an adult show. Listener discretion is advised. Don't fuck around and find out, okay? There, I added it to uh, more of a phrase that we all are comfortable with and familiar with. Uh, you, you don't want a something to get missed or bypassed on your inspection because you went with some guy you found on Craigslist who's never done this before. And then you're stuck with a frozen pipe or a python comes out of your uh, toilet or there's bullion cubes coming out of your shower or you your door doesn't lock or the HVAC is missing the H. Bad this time of year. You only got a vac system. Or your your um you the you mm, I don't know your bed breaks from banging too much. Guys, whatever it is, Home Oregon, at gmail.com. I can't even push the website. This is devastating to this ad read. Uh, plumbing, cooling, heating, shingles. My friend texted me the other day, good friend of the show, Megan, uh, Megan Lundgren, uh, she's formerly known as Megan Lundgren, she's married now, she was on our show back in season one in Baltimore, uh, told me about a, a leak in the roof, and I tell you what, if you had uh, called Steve at 541-400-0316, had him check out this home before he purchased it, none of these would be issues, you'd be saving yourself tens of twenties of thirties of thousands of dollars. So guys, make the smart choice. Co with Steve, 541 or email homeprideoregon at gmail.com. It's just not as snappy as homeprideoregon.com, right? You got to add the at gmail. It's tough on the tongue. It uh, doesn't matter. We can still sing. Oh, oh, no, that's Cuts by Q. Here we go. Uh, Home Pride Oregon inspection perfection. Speaking of uh, Cuts by Q, when you need a fresh do, something snappy or new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. Damn, I meant to do a neck shave, a back of the neck shave. I always do a front of the neck shave weekly because you just kind of have to neck beards are not really in these days. If I was like a professional hockey player for the Ottawa Senators, I might what are what are the most obscure and I know there's only 30 of them, 31 National League hockey teams that you can drum up. I think there's more obscure hockey teams in terms of big four sports than any of the other sports. I guess for me like my fandom there are no obscure baseball or football teams. There's like one or two basketball teams including the sacramento kings like who who's that who who who? the sacramento kings are a team new orleans pelicans same deal uh but in hockey it's i could come up with a bunch ottawa senators uh calgary flames san jose shocks i know they've been uh, very good lately but the florida panthers really florida panthers even uh this team's been good, too, but, like, the Carolina Hurricanes, where do they play? Raleigh? I think so, actually. I think that's right. Uh, I mean, you could just list a bunch of the Canada ones because it's boring and easy. But it's legit, like, the, uh, the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Like, you talk about Buffalo, you talk about sports, everyone just thinks about the Buffalo Bills. But there's actually another team there called the Buffalo Sabres. And... How, like, no one's ever heard of the Buffalo Sabres before, but they're a professional hockey team. Interesting, uh, for me, probably not so much for you. Point being, when you need a fresh new, something snappy or new, call the experts at Cuts by Q. And of course, our good friends in Samson Q2U series. Samson was the first ever microphone we use here on the Bean Tom Podcast. The audio quality was so good, the reviews were so glowing. Everyone emailed Bean Tom Podcast at yahoo.com. They said, Quinn, you sound so good, gosh darn it, never changed. And uh, three hundred some episodes, seven seasons later, we never have here. on Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town Podcast, and that is due in part to our good friends at Samson. When God speaks, He uses a Samson. And uh, we'll do a quick moment of silence for our fallen soldier, Adri, the TV Guide, who was on board for all of uh, three weeks, or you know, six weeks, whatever it is. We got we got three issues of the TV Guide. And uh, even though my spirit point said I got a yearly subscription or a one-year one, one year subscription, uh, we're missing about 40-some episodes. No. I was watching the uh, Seinfeld episode on the bike a little bit earlier, The Cigar Store Indian, which one of the, the other outside of Jerry and Winona, the other plots are Elaine and the TV Guide and Sam Lloyd, rest in peace. Um, and then they're on the subway and you get off at the one stop, I think it's Queensborough bridge, Queensborough Plaza, maybe. And, uh, you get the, the try to get the Euro and get back on the subway before it leaves. What is it like 12 seconds or something like that? Um, I got to read into more about like the actual legitimacy of that. I'm sure it's, you know, it's a, it was a real thing at a certain point in time, but it's just a crazy phenomenon. And at the end, Elaine's, uh, on the subway and al roker who's on the front of the tv guide gets on to and he points at her he makes the face yada 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 rest in peace excuse me to sam lloyd best known as lawyer ted from scrubs and his lead singer of the blanks a great acapella group featured extensively uh on uh scrubs bill lawrence uh as the worthless peons the hospital band Get a lot of airtime as the show uh, progresses, and they're great. They do a good job with it. What are the different like types of uh, music throughout the show that the Worthless Peons sing? There's cartoon theme songs. They sing like Speed Racer, Underdog. There's uh, Prime Time. They sing, uh, "You take the good, you take the bad, you think, the, you know, the facts of life. The facts of life. Never seen the facts of life." There's one scene where they sing uh, "Welcome Back, Cotter." But it's Welcome Back Coxer. Uh, it's like the entire hospital. It's not just them. Actually, they might not even be there. I don't know. Can't really remember. Uh, there's the uh, Wizard of Oz episode where they sing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Great version. Uh, there's the like soft finale. It's not the actual finale, but it feels like it is, uh, where they're in Hawaii, I think, or the Caribbean somewhere, and they sing uh, Hey Ya by Outkast. That's a classic. That episode is so crazy. I mean, it's towards the end, and I know that there's season nine, the interns or whatever. But like, we officially just say that doesn't count. Season eight, where JD's like quitting the hospital, and he like walks through the uh, hallway, and the song by um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember. Book of Life by uh, Peter Gabriel. Is that right? Um, that's playing. Guy sings Sledgehammer. I always – and I know this is like not – they're not that close, but I get Peter Gabriel and Peter Frampton mixed up. Peter Frampton is like, ooh, baby, I'll run away, right? And Peter Gabriel is, slay, Uh It's called Book of Life by uh, Peter Gabriel, I believe, and he like sees all the people across the eight seasons. And at the end, he's like visualizing Christmas with him and Cox and uh, Turk and Carla and Elliot and Jordan, whatever. Anyways, that's the, like, I was going to say that's the actual Scrubs finale. Technically, it's not, which is stupid. But the whole, like, arc, or maybe it's just an episode. I don't know where they go to the, I don't remember why, but they're in, like, the Caribbean. And um, I think that's when, like, J.D. and uh, Sarah Chalk, like, finally, like, get back together for the last time. Because they're so on and off again throughout that <clears throat> throughout that entire show. Uh, And Sam Lloyd's, like, singing "Outcast" in the background, and it's, like, a beautiful sunset. That, to me, feels like, okay, if you wanted to end the show there, you could have done it. Moving ahead here, it is our MLK, after all that, after 30 minutes, it's actually our MLK Junior Day episode. MLK Day is Monday, uh, January 15th here. This is um, still, well, still. It's a year I get off work. Rachel actually is off work now too. It wasn't a thing until I think at some point when I was in college this switched for my school that I work at slash used to attend specifically. Rachel, it wasn't a thing in her past company. It is now in her new company, which is exciting. So we both have a three day weekend. This is a very like straightforward, then we'll end with trivia. Um I you know, I, I, I we do this occasionally just like reading things at you that I find in the internet. Um, and I provide my commentary. So this is kind of one of those things. I don't know. Um, we'll go through the it's ten top 10 things you may not know about MLK. And uh, we're just going to go through it. And I don't know how long this is going to take, but hopefully we'll all learn something. I know I, when I did a quick perusal through these facts uh, right before we started recording, I know that... Um, I definitely learned some things, including number one, which was just one of those things where it's like, I had absolutely no idea. So here we go. Uh, Going from number one to number 10. Again, this is just how history.com sorts this. Martin Luther King's birth name was Michael, not Martin. So basically they have these big headlines and then a small blurb, like a sentence or two under each one. King was born Michael King Jr. on January 15th, 1929. In 1934, however, his father, a pastor at Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church, traveled to Germany and became inspired by the Protestant Reformation leader, Martin Luther. As a result, King Sr. changed his own name as well as that of his five-year-old son. That, we started off hot. Holy cow. This wasn't like uh, Reginald Dwight changed his name to Elton John because it was easier to get famous that way. I've legitimately never heard of anything like this in my lifetime. Can you imagine being five years old? You got a well-established name. Quinn. And your dad literally goes on a business trip, comes home and is like, hey, Quinn, now we are Justin. You and me both, pal. I mean, I guess they had the same name. So it'd be like if my name was Steve and Steve came back from, I don't know, Kmart. And he was like, or Rock Church or something. And he really liked Pastor uh, John Sprecker And he's like, Quinn, We are both John now. I'm John Sr., you're John Jr. Call me JJ. That's, I mean, five years old. This wasn't like, oh, we tried this, we tried out Michael for two months, and now we're going to go with Martin. Five years of life. That's legit one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Very interesting stuff. I hope that was new for you because that's, I hadn't, I had read that he changed the name when I, Browsed this topic, but I didn't read the blurb. So I didn't know about the trip and Martin Luther and stuff. That's shocking. Number two. King entered college at the age of 15. King was such a gifted student that he skipped grades 9 and 12 before enrolling in 1944 at Morehouse College, the alma mater of his father and maternal grandfather. Although he was the son, grandson, and great-grandson of Baptist ministers, King did not intend to follow the family vocation, V-O-C-A-T-I-O-N, until Morehouse President Benjamin E. Mays, a noted theologian, convinced him otherwise. King was ordained before graduating college with a degree in sociology. Yeah, so he skipped two grades of high school, started college at 15, which means by the time he was like 18 or 19, he had a bachelor's degree. Pretty impressive. Uh, Number three, King received his doctorate in systematic theology after earning a divinity degree from Penn's Crozer Theological Seminary. King attended graduate school at Boston University, where he received his PhD in 1955. The title of his dissertation was A Comparison of the Conceptions of God in the Thinking of Paul Tillich and Henry Nelson Wieman." Of course, some good names there there were a lot of good names in uh Oppenheimer Oppenheimer which we lo- lost which we watched for the first time ever last night we sat down we committed to it we tried to get as uh started as early as we could it's a three hour exact three hour movie and uh, we made it we like didn't pause didn't stop and have to take a halftime break Uh just went straight through and watched it um brilliantly done Definitely not a, a movie where it's like dragging and you're like, oh, how much time is left in this movie? You're like, no, I want to see what happens next, um, which was superb. Um, I mean, there it, it's Nolan, uh, and I've, I've told this to a lot of people today because I, I told a lot of people I finally watched Oppenheimer last night. The only Nolan movie looking back right now where I'm like, I really didn't like this when it came out and I don't really ever want to see it again was Tenet. Uh everything else I mean he has like what twelve movies now he's getting up there, everything else I won't list all of them, but you know my personal favorites are uh inception, Dunkirk, any of the you know Batman's but Dark Knights by far the best um memento I gotta watch again because I liked it, but i like I only saw it once and it's really one of those movies you need to watch a couple times uh I'm a big fan of uh this is going way back, but prestige. Is fantastic, and then one that probably a lot of people don't even know about is um, Insomnia, which is a remake of a, a Swedish film, I believe it is. But it's Robin Williams, Al Pacino, and Hilary Swank. And then he has the very first movie, which I think is called Memories, which I think I've seen before, but I don't, I don't, couldn't tell you anything about it. But we watched Oppenheimer last night. The, the Amount of names, all these like chemists and phy- well physicists, most physicists mostly were like, I've heard of this person, but I don't really know why he's famous. So you do a Google search, and there's a million physicists from like the 30s and 40s, um, where it's like, oh yeah, I remember hearing this guy's name at some point in like high school history class, but I don't know anything about him. So it's cool to see that. But just the 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 cast of this film, absolutely ludicrous. I mean, obviously Killing Murphy. No, next on the Bean Time Podcast, Quinn lists the entire Oppenheimer cast from memory. No, just the the guys I remember: um, Killing Murphy, and then you know Emily Blunt, and uh, I was going to say Rosamund Pike, or then I was going to say Penelope Cruz. Neither of those are right. Um, what's her name? The the. We'll come back to it. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., the guy who plays Han Solo, is his aide in the movie. Uh, You got uh, Clark, what's his name? Uh, Jason Clark, the Australian, he plays a guy in there. Uh, You got Josh Peck from Drake and Josh, he's in there. Uh, Just the list goes on. Oh, you got Benny Safdie, one of the guys from uh, Uncut Gems, he's in there. The list goes on and on and on. But it doesn't stop the fact that I can't remember. There's like two females in the entire film. And I can't recall the other one. Florence Pugh, that's her name. Uh, Matt Damon, of course. I got the list in front of me now. Josh Hartnett's in it for more than I thought. Casey Affleck's in it for like one one uh, scene. Rami Malek has like one line. Oh, Kenneth Branagh plays Niels Bohr. Uh, there's uh, even more. Like Dane DeHaan. I thought Dane DeHaan was like out of show business. He, remember he was um he was Harry Osborn in the uh Andrew Garfield Spider-Man's. He came back. Uh there's uh uh DePaul alum David S. Malshian. He's in it. He plays a lawyer. Okay, that's the end of that. But the list goes on and on and on. it's crazy. How many people were in this? And then a million of those people were like, I've seen this guy before, and I don't know what his name is, but you have to look at their IMD page, IMDb page to be like, what show was he in? Because I've seen this guy recently. The other thing I was going to mention uh, when I saw that King attended BU for his PhD, isn't that the school at the start of uh, Social Network when Zuck is at the bar with his, uh, is it Rooney Mara, is that who's, like plays his girlfriend at the start of the movie? And she's like, I have to go home, I have to study. He's like, you don't have to study. You go to BU. Mm. Good line. Yeah, Rooney Mara, that's who it is. Erica Albright. I wonder what she ever did in life. Uh, probably not much because she went, she went to BU. Mm. Number four, King's I Have a Dream speech was not his first at the Lincoln Memorial. Six years before his iconic oration, great word, at the March on Washington, King was among the civil rights leaders who spoke in the shadow of the great emancipator during the prayer pilgrimage Tough word to say. For freedom in May on May seventeenth, nineteen fifty seven, before a crowd estimated at between fifteen thousand and thirty thousand, King delivered his first national address on the topic of voting rights. His speech in which he urged America to give us the ballot drew strong reviews and positioned him at the forefront of the civil rights leadership. Good stuff. Number five, uh this was this is a kind of a shocking amount because you're aware of this and you're aware of like his letter from prison, but To see this number was crazy. King was in prison nearly 30 times. According to the King Center, the civil rights leader went to jail 29 times. He was arrested for acts of civil disobedience and on trumped-up charges, such as when he was jailed in Montgomery, Alabama in 1956 for driving 30 miles per hour in a 25-mile-per-hour zone. Been there, guilty as charged. Yours truly. Number six, King narrowly escaped an assassination attempt a, a decade before his death. This uh, blurb's kind of long, so we'll just try to see. On uh, September 20th, 1958, King was in Harlem signing copies of his new book. He's in a department store. He was approached by Isola Ware Curry. A woman asked if he was MLK. He said yes. She said, I've been looking for you for five years. She plunged, I didn't know this, she plunged a seven-inch letter opener into his chest. The tip of the blade came to rest alongside his aorta. King underwent hours of emergency surgery. Surgeons later said that just one sneeze would have punctured the aorta and killed him. From his hospital bed, he issued a statement affirming his nonviolent principles. and said he felt no ill will towards his attacker. Number seven, King's last public speech foretold his death. King had come to Memphis in April 68 to support the strike of the city's black garbage workers. And in a speech on the night before his assassination, he told an audience at Mason Temple Church, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land, and I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. There you go. Uh, Number eight here. Members of King's family did not believe James Earl Ray acted alone. Ray, a career criminal, pled guilty to King's assassination but later recanted. King's son, Dexter, met publicly with Ray in 1997 and argued for the case to be reopened. King's widow, Coretta, believed the mafia and local, state, and federal government agencies were deeply involved in the murder. She praised the result of a 1999 civil trial in which a Memphis jury decided the assassination was the result of a conspiracy and that Ray was said to take the blame. I didn't actually know that. A U.S. Department of Justice investigation released in 2000 reported no evidence of a conspiracy. Yeah, of course they reported that. Uh, Number nine, King's mother was also slain by a bullet. 1974, Alberta Williams King played the organ at a Sunday service inside Ebenezer Baptist. Marcus Wayne Chenault Jr. rose from the front pew, drew two pistols, began to fire shots. One of the bullets struck King, who died steps from where her son had preached nonviolence. It goes on and on and on. The gunman said Christians were his enemy. And uh, he had received divine instructions to kill King's father, but his mother was closer instead. What a lazy SOB. Uh, Got the death penalty, which was later changed to life in prison because the King's family opposed capital punishment. And number 10. On our list, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and Cesar Chavez are the only other Americans to have had their birthdays observed as a national holiday. In 1983, Reagan signed a bill that created a federal holiday to honor King. The holiday first commemorated in 1986 is celebrated on the third Monday in January, close to the civil rights leader's January 15th birthday. So his actual birthday is actual MLK Day this year. That's, that should be two days off of work. So there you go. I don't know about you. I learned some things, especially some crazy things like um the the changing his name thing was wild to me. The um the letter opener next to the aorta. I didn't know about that one. So there's some good stuff in there. Hopefully you learned something. If you if you have any other good MLK facts, email us beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown B-E-A-N-H podcast at yahoo.com. Okay, last thing here. Our trivia question of the day, it's going to follow a a reliable format for us here, This Day in History. So This Day in History, January twelfth, nineteen 1969, this rock band releases their debut studio album. It's, uh, is this the right word, eponymous? Let's Google this. I didn't write this before, and I just got the Wikipedia article in front of me. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word or not. What I'm getting at is, you know how bands will just name an album the same name as their band name? That's what this band did. Okay. Um, So again, uh, the uh, date, January 12th, 1969. So we're, what, 55 years ago now? And uh, if you want, there will be a bonus question here, but if you want a clue, I will give you the track listing. Um, here we go, and I mean, if you're, I'm trying to think, is there a good clue to give you? If you're like, you know, the band, but you don't want it to be just super obvious, because the track listing would probably make it super obvious. Uh, let's see if there's anything else I can give here that's a good, a good. Uh, oh, the uh, the album cover. Here we go. Shows the Hindenburg disaster. That's what's on the cover of this album, which is a pretty badass album cover. Okay, so this one's probably a more obvious clue, but uh, here's the track listing from it. Uh, Nine tracks total. Good times, bad times. Babe, I'm going to leave you. You shook me, dazed and confused. Your time is going to come. Black Mountain side, communication breakdown. I can't quit you, baby, And how many more times? So there you go. There are your clues. If you still need time to process or guess, go ahead and pause. The answer to this week's Beantown Trivia question of the week is Led Zeppelin, which makes sense why... This just clicked for me, which is really stupid, but makes sense why the Hindenburg disaster is on their album cover because their uh, band name is Zeppelin. Um, The bonus question of the week, how many self-titled, self-titled, that's the word I'm looking for, not eponymous. How many self-titled albums did Led Zeppelin release? And they were given numbers so that it wasn't just Led Zeppelin 1969, Led Zeppelin 1972, you know, it's Led Zeppelin and then Led Zeppelin 2, 3, and 4. I just gave away the bonus. I didn't even give you time to think about it. Yeah, their first four albums. I don't, I'm don't. i not aware of any other band that ever did anything like this. It's weird, but it's iconic. It's their thing. The first four Led Zeppelin albums are just Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin 2, so Led Zeppelin 3, and Led Zeppelin 4. I'm personally most familiar with Led Zeppelin uh, 4. I had that one at the. I had all of them, but I listened to that one a ton when I was growing up. But Led Zeppelin two also has a whole lot of love. What is and what should never be. Heartbreaker, live and love and made. You hear that one on a uh, radio all the time. Ramble on is a classic one. Moby Dick is a great uh, uh, John Henry Bonham drum solo. Led Zeppelin three also. I mean. These are all iconic, so I don't know why we need to go through all of them. But Led Zeppelin 3 is immigrant immigrant song. Gals pull Tangerine, that's the way. Probably not quite as many hits as, as two. But then Led Zeppelin 4 was just. Oh, they didn't even give it a title. I didn't even. We're all learning something here. Led Zeppelin 4 is how it's known as today. When they released the album, they didn't even give it a title. How is that possible? If I was releasing an album, the studio would be like. No, this is a required field. You have to type something in here. So they later just called it Led Zeppelin IV, but it was just an unreleased album. This one's my favorite. It's not even close. It's so good. Black Dog, Rock and Roll, Battle of Elvenmore, Stairway to Heaven, Misty Mountain Hop, Four Sticks, Going to California When the Levee Breaks. Just eight songs of just pure magic. Man, I love Led Zeppelin. If you if you're just like oh yeah Led Zeppelin never really listened to them classic rock I don't like it they have so much like folksy kind of stuff Robert Plant's voice so iconic they mo- one of the most like together bands of all time one of those bands like you know modern day War on Drugs where every single person is just like a master at their craft and you put the four of them together you're just like this is ridiculous I mean you legit have like one of the greatest rock vocalists of all time uh, Robert Plant. You've got Jimmy Page, who I think his uh, 80-something birthday was just like yesterday or the day before. You know, Jimmy Page is up there like top five, top ten guitarists of all time. You have John Paul Jones, who is just, he could do everything. He wasn't just like, oh, yeah, it's a rock band. He's the bass player. He's keyboards, synth. He did like everything else. And it's just like extremely talented. Oh, and then you have probably the best drummer in the history of mankind, John Henry Bonham. It's either Bonham or Peart. Peart, Pert, one of those, Neil, Neil Pert, Rush, uh, rest in peace to both those guys. Um, I mean, you could make an argument for either one, but they're okay. It's one of those two. That's Zeppelin for you. Uh, that's what I got for you. Thank you so much for tuning into our program today. Uh, welcome to season seven of Quinn David Frenz presents the Town Podcast. Thank you for supporting the show. Give us a like on your podcast app. Leave us a review. Let us know you're out there and listening, uh, Pakistan or otherwise. Season 7, here we go. Everyone, I hope you are having a good day. Uh, Stay dry. Crazy snow and uh, rain out there. Supposed to be a playoff game in Kansas City versus the Dolphins tomorrow. Current uh, game time, high temperature of negative 8, and that's before wind chill. So this should be pretty fun. My name is Quinn David Furness. Everyone stay safe, stay sane. I'll check in on you next time. Bye.